You're listening to Thrive with Karina Grueling, a personal health and life design podcast for the modern everyday woman. Tune in and get inspired on how to thrive in your body and life. This is your host, Karina Grueling. So welcome to the first episode of Astroveda. Lauren and I delve into the cosmic energies and offer you a unique blend of monthly astrological guidance infused with Ayurvedic insights. Lauren, welcome to the show. Thanks, Karina. It's great to be here. So, Lauren, tell us a little bit more about what we can expect from the cosmos this month. Yeah, so with, um, well, Cardinal Capricorn at the helm, it's no surprise that this season falls at the start of the Gregorian New Year. So Capricorn is the sign of the father, of, amb of ambition, of tradition, structure and dedication. So despite all of these cues that we have right now from nature to turn inwards, to slow down and take it easy, this Saturn rule sign actually wants us to kind of go to task and set ourselves some hardworking goals that will kick us into action for the new year. But this isn't the time for like dreaming up big, grandiose adventures or sparkly, show-stopping, one-trick wonders. Capricorn is all about planting our feet firmly on solid ground and building upwards from this stable and secure place. So think of it a little bit like the foundations of a house. You can't start to build the skylights in the loft without first having a solid base on the ground floor. So it's a good time to think about where in your life do you need to create some foundations from which you can then begin to build. So we can also um, forget about New Year's resolutions. So in January, we'll have the new moon in Capricorn, which would actually be the perfect time to set intentions for the coming six months. So that will be on the 11th of January. And if one of your intentions is to tap into your spiritual side, this could be the year that you get more in tune with the moon by working with the energy of the monthly lunar cycles. So new moons are the chance for us to plant seeds of intention. And then we have until the following um, full moon, six months later, in the same sign, to bring them into fruition. So right now, as you're listening to this episode, we're halfway through Capricorn season already. So how have you been liking it so far, Karina? So yeah, personally, I must really say I'm an enthusiast of Capricorn and it's new moon in January. I think many perceive Capricorn's energy a little bit too weighty and serious, and but I appreciate it really for grounding me and prompting reflection on my material world aspirations for the months that are ahead of me. And for me, it's really this energy provides structure and enhances rational thinking. And I particularly focus on my root chakra during this period because the root uh, chakra, it governs stability and security and connection to the physical realm. And it also establishes the support base for awakening the six chakras above, akin to laying the foundation for a more a multi-level house, no? as you described um, so well earlier. And in addition to Leo and Sagittarius, Capricorn is really well known for its longevity. So however, the period may render Capricorn's bo bones, no? joints, but also the knees um, and 
they are really more susceptible to conditions such as arthritis or stiff joints. And so I was wondering, Lauren, so how can we incorporate this wisdom into our yoga and exercise practice during that time? Yeah, I'm glad that you asked that, Karina. Um, so basically, it's really important for us to warm up properly before exercising in the cold months and to make sure that our joints are really well lubricated. So spending a bit more time like circling the wrists, the ankles and the hips, for example, um, and typically winter is this time for introspection, for nourishing our chi for the year ahead, for curling up and turning inwards. And yin yoga in particular is a really great practice to cultivate during these cooler months. So in Chinese medicine, they say that the rest that we take during the winter is what will set up our chi or our, our energy for the year to come. So it's important to cultivate some stillness and mindfully slow down. So I actually offer a monthly lunar yin yoga class online and the next one will be ahead of the new moon in Capricorn. So you can practice from the comfort of your own home, making sure that you've got plenty of blankets and your body is nice and warm and wrapped up well so that you can then really relax into the postures and just allow any astrological insights to wash over you. So the next class will be just a couple of days after this episode comes out so on the 9th of January, which is a Tuesday evening. So I'll include a little bit more information in the show notes so you can find that. But personally, I'm also really attracted to anything that builds heat during the winter. So I actually really prefer running during the winter months rather than during the summer. And back when I used to live in London, I really loved to go to a hot yoga class. And there's nothing like it to just boost your mood when the weather's so cold and miserable outside. I also find that it fosters a sense of community and connection that we don't get when we're just sat at home on the sofa. I found that in previous years, when I kept exercising outside, even though you know I really didn't want to and I'd have to push myself, and if I also made that kind of routine a little bit more social the impact of like um, SAD or seasonal affective disorder was much, much less. So right now where we live in Catalonia, it's the perfect weather for hiking. Um, but if you're in the UK or a cooler climate, um, then it's really nice to just get outside and maybe like do a boot camp. Yes, you might get mudgy and wet, but I promise that the reward of those endorphins afterwards will make it worth it. Um. And then, yeah, from like a nutritional perspective, Karina, do you have any tips from the world of Ayurveda? Yeah, so in January, we gradually transition into winter. So in Ayurveda, we um, say it's still the early winter. And during that time, cover accumulates easily. You know, as the climate becomes excessively cold, moist and heavy. So it depends, of course, on where you are living. But in regions where the weather remains very cold and dry, vata may also become imbalanced. So the silver lining, however, lies in the fact that our digestive fire tends to be the strongest during this time. So making us more hungry, yeah, we are also able to digest bigger quantities. So the key is to ensure that our meals are wholesome, you know, warm, nourishing, so that they pacify kaffir and that they are not aggravating water. And 
As winter sets in, the cold qualities in the form of water and kapha intensify, yeah, making us more susceptible to physical and mental imbalances, yeah, such as fatigue or heaviness, depression, yeah, also sadness, but also um, a variation of um, respiratory diseases, yeah, but also cold disorders. So to ward off the common cold or flu, it's crucial to be mindful of the excess yeah, of these cold-prone doshas and most importantly, to dress warmly. So the term cold in the context of illness is really derived from these cold qualities yeah, of both climate and food, yeah, which can elevate bata and kapha. And depending on our constitution and on our habits, Some may be more prone to water type colds, yeah, characterized more by dryness, by coldness, by roughness, yeah, also these dry cuffs, while others may experience more kapha accumulation, yeah, so resulting in more dampness, in mucus, or in heaviness and dullness. So As our digestive fire is very strong during the season, our bodies can better digest fats, you know, proteins and heavier foods that we naturally crave in that season. So warm options like uh, soups, but also stews or broth you know, or uh, cooked grains, but also root veggies are ideal. While cold, dry, and raw foods, you know, such as salads and juices, crackers, yeah, crisps or dried fruits and an overconsumption of nuts that can really provoke more of the problems. Yeah, can aggravate kapha, but also um, vata. However, as winter progresses, yeah, so when we eat too much of rich and heavy foods, it can lead to sluggish digestion. Yeah, so we really require some additional support here. So what I suggest, yeah, while we are transitioning into um, late winter, that we incorporate more cooked bitter greens, yeah, like dandelion or kale, yeah, or um, also some um, broccoli. Whereas I must say, when you suffer from a vata imbalance, yeah. Be careful with bitter foods, with bitter greens, or with an overconsumption of bitter greens, um, as they can lead to more dryness. But it is important to include all six flavors in your meals. And the bitter flavor is a very important one, as it helps um, the digestion as well. But also incorporate more warming spices, you know, such as ginger or cinnamon, coriander seeds, cumin seeds, fennel, turmeric, also cayenne pepper are recommended. So these choices, of course, assist the body in transitioning then later to spring. Yeah, so consider exploring um, also two breakfast recipes that I have on my blog. So one of them is a sweet kitchery. And the other one is a breakfast with amaranth. So this is um, really recommended for kaffas. So winter is also an op um, 
a time that you can introduce more sauerkraut, yeah, or vinegar, or pickles, leeks, beetroots, yeah, Brussels sprouts. So I think Lauren and I, we both come more from the north of Europe. Yeah. So yeah. we all know these foods, whereas um, others who come more from southern Europe, many of them just don't know the use no, of sauerkraut. But in, for example, in Germany, is something that you have all the time during winter. And why they are so important, also especially fermented foods, is because they provide warmth to counter um, water and um, along with kapha balancing, yeah, pungency. And what I also want to mention here is, so pitta digestive types, yeah, so if you have an imbalance in pitta or if your predominant dosha is pitta, then you need to ensure that you use the warming and heating spices, yeah, which kaffas and vatas love in moderation. Yeah, so otherwise it could generate excessive heat yeah, in your body. So my food of um, the month is yeah, fermented foods. Yeah, they are really, really great to have. Yeah, definitely. They're also really so good for the um, gut health as well. And just interestingly, like there's such a connection between the gut and the and the mind. So when our digestion is sluggish, often our like mind is also sluggish. We spend more time like overthinking, worrying. Um, so yeah, it's so so important to include those those foods and like they are starting to be a little bit more mainstream, like you say. Um, but yeah, typically, um, you know, a good few years ago, I'd, and I, I personally, even being from the north of it, of the Europe never would have heard of sauerkraut before um but yeah I'm thankful that these things are starting to become more known and, and kimchi and all of these um, fermented foods as you say um as someone who is very very batter I typically don't like these cooler months but it's true that when you dress well and you eat these warming foods and like I mentioned earlier, just getting outside and also just getting some sunshine whenever you can. It really makes a difference in like how you feel overall for your well-being and especially for your mood. Um, personally, when when we talk about Ayurveda, um, it can be quite a complex topic for lots of people who, um, you know, you mentioned like all of the different tastes and flavors that we should incorporate but could you give us an example of like what's what's a typical menu uh, for you for the day, Karina? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think it's very important what you mentioned. No? Every one of us has a unique digestive type and we really need to align our yeah, daily eating habits, but also um, our food choice. No? Um, we need to align it to our, our digestive type. And... For me personally, um, when we transitioned from summer to autumn and now slowly into winter, I had to adjust my nutrition. And this is something that is very important to mention in Ayurveda, that when the season changes, we also change our nutrition. Yeah, so I began incorporating more high quality fats and Overall, my meals became a little bit heavier, but that fits my constitution. Yeah, so if someone who has a lot of kapha in their constitution um, or is a kapha digestive type, for them it might look um, different. So 
these adjustments really depend on your unique digestifier yeah, and on your current imbalance. So always please have keep that in mind. So when my digestifier gets out of balance, it tends towards a vata imbalance. Yeah, we also name that in Ayurveda, uh, Vishamagni Agni. And I also need to ensure that my pitta and my kapha doshas are not increasing. So therefore, what I'm doing is I usually opt at this time of the year for steaming, cooking and baking my food. Yeah, so this prepares the food so it's more easy to digest. And this is uh, one of the aims during that season, make it easy digestible. And so at the moment I start my day with a sweet kitchery, yeah, made mainly with mung beans, with rice, with warming spices, you know, such as cardamom or cinnamon and turmeric. And then I usually take as well an apple or a pear, yeah, but everything, like everything is cooked. And I also make sure to use enough ghee. Yeah, so if you are vegan, of course, you can also take a coconut oil instead of ghee, yeah, as it helps to counteract the dryness of the season yeah, by moisturizing my body from the inside out. Yeah, this is also especially when you have a tendency towards constipation. This can make a huge difference yeah, when you use enough high quality fats in your diet during this dry season. So you can find yeah, this recipe for the sweet kitchery on my blog. It's really a very well-balanced meal yeah, with sufficient proteins and carbohydrates. And the spices, they help to ignite the digestive fire in the morning. And this really keeps the blood sugar levels balanced and it also can reduce cravings. So I typically avoid bread in any form as it tends to produce too much moisture and aggravates kapha. And additionally, like my vata digestion makes it, it makes it challenging yeah, to digest bread. So then after a five hour fast, yeah, during which I only drink hot water with some ghee, I will have my lunch. And for lunch, I usually enjoy curries and stews, kitcheries, yeah, with a whole grain. So I vary the vegetables yeah, to like ensuring to add enough green leafy vegetables to keep my pitta balanced. And I also incorporate root vegetables to nourish my vata. So I eat fish about twice a week. And when I do, I have it for lunch as it takes a long time to digest. So in Ayurveda, we also align our habits with the circadian rhythm. And when the sun is at its maximum around lunchtime, this is also the time when our digestive fire is the strongest. So have your biggest meal at lunchtime. Then I leave another five hours between my lunch and dinner. And then I aim to have dinner by 6 p.m. in winter. So our digestive ability slows down after 6 p.m. when kapha energy rises. So it's crucial to have some light yeah, and easy to and something easy to digest for dinner. So I don't do this every single evening, yeah, but sometimes I also have invitations or I meet friends for dinner, but most of nights. And this is really a key yeah, to restful sleep, to cell rejuvenation, and it also helps to slow down the aging process. So it's crucial to have a wide variety of foods. Yeah? So many people tend to eat the same things repeatedly. So I would aim to consume 10 to 15 different vegetables per week. Yeah? So experiment with vegetables you have never tried before. Yeah, you can just buy one that you don't know and you search for new recipes. And Capricorn season, yeah, so we really aim to feel grounded 
and mentally clear without becoming too heavy or fatigued or slow. So Lauren, what else can we expect this month? Yeah, so Capricorns are often high achievers. So they're known often for putting work above everything else. But they're also symbolized by this mythical sea goat, which on the one hand has them traversing to the heights of the mountain. And on the other, they also have this fishtail that connects them to the vast and spiritual world of the ocean. So this symbolism encourages all encourages us all to keep both our material and our spiritual worlds balanced as we set on our, our sights on our own personal mountaintops. So we also have Mars, the planet of war in Capricorn from January the 4th until February the 13th. And this is a reminder not to let our ambition turn into aggression as we compete to achieve our goals. And then we also have Pluto, so the planet of death and rebirth, also in this sign until January the 20th, asking us to let all parts of ourselves die away in order to be reborn into the person that we wish to become in 2024. So this is a really important time to reflect on what you'd like to leave behind in 2023. So I'd recommend like spending some time each day over the holidays, like journaling, witnessing what comes up when you give yourself some quiet time. It can be hard to stick to some of these like daily habits that we've been talking about when maybe you're not at home for the holidays, but even just staying in bed and meditating before you greet each day can have a huge impact on how you enter that day. So if like me, you can find yourself feeling a bit low at this time of year, take a moment to just set yourself an intention for the day for how you want to feel and the energy that you'd like to move with. And then as a coach, I also recommend not spending too much time dwelling on the past, what you could have done differently, but instead focus on the here and now. So like I just said with the intention, what do you want to feel today? What do you want to cultivate more of in this day? And then what goals do you have? And what would you like to set for the year ahead? So I always spend some time either over Christmas at the, at the very start of the year, creating a vision board for the year ahead. For one, one, it's kind of a really calming practice to do. It's really um, enjoyable. You can do it with on your own or with friends and family. Um, and then it also just makes me feel a bit excited for the year ahead. Like, what is it that I'm trying to draw in and how do I want to feel? And from that, there's often a word that comes up. So for example, this year in 2023, the word was align for me. And then I had this visual cue every day that was above my desk that just reminded me that's how I wanted to feel I wanted to feel aligned and then I look to I've actually got my vision board right next to me here for 2024 and I've cut out like some visuals but also some words and actually the word happy or happiness is there three times on this board and then also the word wellness so that's obviously what I'm trying to manifest for the year ahead so I also personally have Mars in Capricorn. So this planet of kind of um, war, the fire in Capricorn, which is my hardworking sign. So for me personally, I really thrive when I have all of this routine and there's some structure in my life. Um, but Karina, what about you? Do you have any habits that help you to get through these cooler, colder months of January? Yeah, 
So thank you so much for sharing, um, Lauren. That was super interesting. I really love um, to, yeah, just to know what's happening in the cosmos and how we can, yeah, use these energies for our everyday life. So the must-have habit in January that I recommend to women as an Ayurveda hormone coach is going to bed early. So you really ensure that you get enough hours of sleep. Yeah? So maintaining the circadian alignment is really crucial for hormone balance. And during winter, it's especially important yeah, to prioritize sufficient sleep. Because in the winter period, we naturally release more of the sleep hormone melatonin. Yeah, many of you will feel that, yeah, that you feel more sleepy or your body is longing for more sleep. And the melatonin is really helps to regulate our circadian rhythm and sleep patterns. So if we didn't use an alarm clock and allowed ourselves to wake up naturally, most of us would wake up half an hour to an hour later during the winter months. So if you can't sleep longer in the morning, then consider going to bed earlier. Because insufficient sleep doesn't lead, doesn't, yeah, not just lead yeah, to feeling tired or even crumpy, but it also means that our body doesn't fully recharge. Yeah, so it's affecting our readiness for a new day. And when we enter the realm of dreams, so our body undergoes a major renovation project that underpins our overall well-being. And the brain solidifies the day's learning and enhances memory. Yeah, while the body produces the important hormone um, cytokine, yeah, strengthening our immune system so that you are ready to fight inflammation and infection you know, during these cold winter months. And despite the essential role yeah, that sleep plays in our health, many still struggle to surrender to it. So I always say that fatigue is like um, a disease yeah, of our society. Yeah? We have really a society that feels fatigued all the time. And... Fatigue can really be alleviated by establishing effective evening routines, yeah, to help the body and the soul slow down. Yeah, so you really put your mobile phone device away, enjoy a cup of relaxing chamomile or lavender tea, yeah, cleanse your skin and put on something soft and soothing. And you can really transform your bed and your bedroom like into a space you look forward to at the end of the day. You can also do a meditation or some journaling or you're reading a book. Just help your body to wind down, yeah, to go to sleep at approximately the same time every night. This is also something important because regularity is key. Yeah, and it really helps our body to get back into rhythm. Yeah, and a rhythmic body is healthy and strong. So then we have January 20th coming up, yeah, and the energy changes as we enter another zodiac sign. So could you tell us more about that, Lauren? Yeah, of course. And I just wanted to say I love um, that sleep routine you've just described. You've pretty much described my evening every night. Um, I also find listening to a yoga nidra um, at the end of the evening really helpful to helping for helping you to wind down. Um, so maybe I can include a link in the show notes to one of my favorites. Um, yeah, Cause I know, be I know it helps a lot of people. Um, so yeah, so from the 20th of January onwards, a lot of that pragmatism that we've been practicing will fly out of the window as the rebellious and revolutionary Aquarius season floats in. So ruled by Uranus, the sign of rebellion and in innovation, 
Aquarius energy is all about breaking the rules, breaking onto your own path and doing it in your own unique and quirky style. So it's a time for us to start to question the status quo, to consider whether we really want to do things in the same tired old way this year. And if not, what creative ways of working will be most beneficial for not just yourself, but for the community? So we will actually explore more of this quirky energy of the water bearer in next month's episode. But for now, I just wanted to share a yoga pose that I think sums up this season. So it will help you to feel grounded and strong like the upper half of the mythical sea goat, whilst also inviting in that softness and fluidity of the sea tail. So my pose of the month would be reverse warrior. And if you're not familiar with the yoga poses, then just have a quick Google. Um, But the idea is that your legs will stay firmly planted to the earth, like the grounded Capricorn, whilst the upper body flows forwards and then reaches back, bringing in this lightness and fluidity, just like that mixed energy of the seasoned sea goat. Yeah, I love the warrior pose. I really, really love it. And it aligns perfectly for me with Capricorn season as it also strengthens courage and determination. Now, when we look at the posture, it's um, it's like the person is grounded, but strong, open. Yeah, you look up to the sky and yeah, amazing. Thanks for sharing. It's a great tip. So when do we have the full moon coming up this month? I love the full moon and um, I think it's also in one of the fire signs. It is. So we have the full moon happening on the 25th of January in Leo. So during this time, we're invited to listen to our hearts and to follow its lead, even if we're unsure of the road ahead. So this full moon encourages us to embrace our unique talents and to step into the spotlight. So kind of bringing in some of that leaning confidence. It's a time also to embrace our inner child and to bring some of our creativity and our unique qualities into the spotlight. Uh, Yeah, so this lunar energy also encourages us to be bold and confident and to be authentic in our endeavours. It represents the face and the light that we share with our world and also our personality and the desire to be seen. So under the energy of the Leo moon, we can expect a boost of enthusiasm and passion. And it's also a really good opportunity to pursue any personal projects and just showcase your talents. It's important also to tune into the heart chakra at this time to focus on self-love and self-discovery and reflect also on what brings you joy and fulfillment. So if you're not kind of living in alignment with these things that bring you joy and that are aligned with your life, you might find the full moon a bit of a challenging time. But if you have been living with alignment, if you've been tuning into this inner love, inner passion, then the full moon is a time to celebrate your achievements, to express yourself openly and to set intentions for personal growth. Generally, though, full moons are an opportunity to release. So anything negative, any emotions or aspects of our life that are no longer serving us. And also to tune into the energy of this shadow side of Leo. So Leos can sometimes be a little bit egotistical or prideful. So looking at where in your life you're letting pride get in the way 
or especially being arrogant around certain people or being around people who are arrogant. And asking instead if you can surrender and release your pride and any control, creating space within us for change to occur. So meanwhile, the sun will have moved at this point into the freedom-loving sign of Aquarius, which represents kind of more free thinking, individuality, and humanitarian desires. So whilst the full moon in Leo is asking us to reflect on the ways we balance our individual desires, we're also looking how we can balance that with the desires of those we love and with our greater, with our greater community. So is there any rituals, um, Karina, that you use around the time of the full moon to tap into that energy? Yeah, so when the full moon is in Leo, I really like to engage in activities that allow the creativity to flow freely. So this is really particularly beneficial during this time. So whether it's painting or writing or dancing, I think it's a good um, time to express ourselves. Yeah. So without um, limiting ourselves, just trust your instincts. Yeah. Let your unique talents shine and just show yourself. And for me, it's also an important moment to to recognize and to celebrate. Yeah, the recent accomplishments. Yeah, so compile a list of your achievements, regardless of the size, yeah, and really express gratitude for the progress yeah, you have made. Because you just mentioned, Lauren, that bright can be something that shows up during the season. And I find gratitude is perfect to counteract to, yeah. to that. No, So when you practice gratitude and when you also um, celebrate the progress you have made, this is really a practice that significantly boosts also the self-confidence. So dedicating also some time to meditations, yeah, focus on themes of self-love, of confidence, of personal empowerment, um, I think is really highly recommended during this time. And Leo is also inherently associated with these empowering themes. And when aiming yeah, for substantial personal growth, then incorporating rituals that amplify these energies, it can be very impactful then. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely about the gratitudes as well. It's something that I practice every day. And, you know, it's almost become a cliche in the kind of self-care world. Like everyone talks about gratitudes, but it's so, so important. And it's something that's so so easy to let slip amongst the list of daily rituals that we have in order to be well. But when we're not only writing down those gratitudes, but also reimagining the moments that have made us, us feel good, it helps to, to create new neural pathways in our mind so that we also start to notice the good more as well, which I think is so important in this in this world of always trying to improve ourselves, like this Capricorn energy of of growth, of building towards the mountaintop, um, to also like just notice how far we've come as well. So it's been so, so nice to spend time talking about some of our favorite topics about astrology and wellness, and then blending these two worlds just reinstates for me how much our health and wellness is a completely holistic approach. So it's not only our mind, our bodies, it's the universe, everything all working together. So thanks to everyone for tuning in today. Wow, we recorded the first episode of Astrovider. I'm super excited. And I really hope it provides you 
with some ideas and inspiration for the weeks ahead. So look forward to another episode of AstroWeather, where we provide you with monthly astrological guidance infused with Ayurvedic wisdom every first Sunday of the month. So click the share button in your app to send this episode to a friend, review the show and tag me on Instagram while you are sharing your main takeaway. Thank you so much, everyone. Thanks for joining in today. To learn more about the Thrive Podcast or to get involved in Karina's growing community and online courses, visit karinagrueling.com. Remain committed to intentional choices that help you grow and thrive in your body and life because you're worth it.